Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tory. So today is November 11th, 2019. It is 11-11. What a magical number. It's Veterans Day for all of you that have served. Thank you for your service. But today, out of every single day that we should be thanking those people uh, that put their lives into... Well, they devoted their lives to defending their nation. Defending American values is a pretty incredible thing. I remember when I made the choice uh, to serve my country, and even though I was young and I was uh, kind of uh, steered into where I should be working, even though I had an idea when I joined the Navy I'm going to be there, once you're in and you are part of this uh group of people that want to defend our national security, our interests, uh, you know, they can take you out and place you somewhere else, but nevertheless, you are doing the duty that you are supposed to be doing, right guys? And one thing I want to encourage everyone to understand is just because you haven't served your nation in uniform or no uniform, um, or be a government servant doesn't mean you can't serve America. And I think it's very important that we revisit the amazing uh, former President John F. Kennedy, who reminds you how every single one of us can serve our nation. Take a listen. In these tense and anxious weeks, I know that every American citizen wants to know what he can do for his country. Not everyone can serve in our armed forces or serve our government, but there is one thing you can do. There is one way you can indicate your devotion to freedom. There is one way in which we can show how strongly we believe in our democracy. Next Tuesday, November 6th, is Election Day. I hope every American will turn out and vote, every American, every member of his family, and show the world how strongly we believe in freedom, how strongly we believe in our country, how strongly we believe in democracy. And, you know, I said this, I say this all the time, and those of you that have been listening to me since I've been on Red State or following me when I've been doing guest shows throughout the years or my writing, in my byline and non, some of you know what my byline that was my hidden me is, um, is one thing. That all of us sit here and talk about the First Amendment. Ooh, I have the First Amendment right. All of us talk about, I have the Second Amendment. And yes, the Second Amendment is second for a reason because it protects the First. But what ultimately protects the First Amendment? Think about it. The ink on that paper that's sitting, you know, showcased behind glass, is that what protects it? No, it's not. It's your vote. If you don't have a vote... That means you have no say. And if there are people in positions of governing us, positions of power that have taken away your right to have your voice heard, then what's what's left? And, uh, you know, maybe you could say, well, you know, doting little mom. I want um, to play a clip Um And this is one of my proudest moments as a parent because I 
educate my children to understand what it means to be an American. How important it is, and most of them have traveled so they understand the differences, uh, you know, within the nation. And one of my children is actually, is, is currently a- actively serving. The thing is, what they don't, what, what hasn't penetrated in the mind of many is just how important, uh, your vote is. And it was my little 12 year old that stood in front of so many thousands of people a couple of years ago and made this speech. She was a page for the GOP. Uh, she wanted to get up there and introduce uh, a candidate. I want you guys to listen to this. This is a, a 12-year-old kid, and you could be like, well, Tori, did you coach her? No, actually. I was outside, you know, literally that was the day that I confronted the Secretary of State of North Dakota Right. Al Yeager, who was running again for election that did not get the nomination from all of us delegates, where I told him, what are you doing to protect the integrity of the vote? This is one pet peeve, pet peeve. It should be everybody's bottom line to protect our vote. So take a listen to what she did all on her own. And and I was crying when she did this. Take a listen. Days where people tap the next guy or woman in line. Our president reminded us how it really works in America. To make America great again, every single American's voice must be heard. Your vote matters. Your vote counts. All of you here today are what democracy is about. Any man or woman brave enough to run, brave enough to take on the hard job to be our voice, deserves to be recognized and applauded. Let's give these people a round of applause. So what she did, she reminded everyone that was out there, putting their name out there, their faces out there, their lives out there, you know, because they tear you apart like vultures the minute you put your name on a ballot, right? They pull everything out of any closet you may have because, you know, uh, what, what is it? Yeah, let the most righteous man cast the first stone, yet people throw stones when they have the most in their closet. She reminded everyone that you have the voice. You dictate. You dictate, but what happens when you figure out that you thought you've been dictating all along and others have been making you, giving you the illusion, they were giving you the illusion that you have a voice when you really don't. That's the ultimate betrayal of the American citizen's right to vote and Obviously, we have talked about years ago and last year and during the 2018 elections, right, where I talked about it after the 2018 elections, how, uh, you know, my personal story where I had found that my husband in the state of North Dakota where there's no voter registration was found on the electoral roll and I flipped my top, right? And that got me to thinking, wait a minute, if he's on this, he's on others. And for me, it was more a preservation of my husband not being automatically deported. 
And so I launched this self, you know, by myself campaign, reaching out to states saying, what are you doing to protect integrity? Here's where we have the problem. You want to use DMV voter rolls? That's great. You can print them out because they're easy. That's great. You want to use driver's license identification? That's totally great because it's easy for you. I get it. But then make it appropriate that you're taking every single step to protect our vote. And I'll get into that later. And I will have uh, on the second half of the hour this team that has landed in Kentucky to take this head on. And you know what you notice? That the mainstream media isn't even touching this. In fact, after the break, after the half hour break in this first hour, I'll play clips of even Rand Paul, you know, kind of not being in the know, saying things. And you're going to understand why trust Kansas, there's no place like home, is where it's ground zero. So um, let's table that for now while we talk about things that are happening that are important that the media is not telling you. So we know that this week, on Wednesday, they're going to launch these <laughs> this faux impeachment where they've moved the gold po- the goalpost mid you know game and said oh we're just going to take it over to the intelligence committee when it should be the judiciary committee and just put in for articles of impeachment where they've painted a target on one intelligence person's back a limp-wristed little guy who yes clandestine or not, CIA, whatever, nobody cares. They've identified this one person and they have started to call him the whistleblower. I'm telling you, there is no whistleblower, period. This was orchestrated. And those of you that remember when Vinman, you know, the guy that strolled in to testify with his uniform, how horrific, right? That was all for show. While he was testifying, I was live on air with all of you. And I told you, this guy is going to be done for treason because his allegiance does not stand with the United States. It stands with the Ukraine. I also told you that it was Marie Yovanovitch that had given the message, right, to the Ukraine. Yeah, don't listen to this president. He's on his way out. And suddenly that narrative is falling into the lap of Vindman, a soldier, right, a veteran, a Purple Heart awardee, and people are like losing their mind. How could you attack someone with Purple Hearts, right? Literally telling foreign governments, yeah, don't listen to the president, regardless if we was. He said the same about Obama, same about President Trump, proving what I was telling you, that unfortunately, we hire people within the government on a city, state, federal level and government and within our intelligence ranks that do not have proper allegiance to the United States. Currently, right now, in our military intelligence facilities across the nation, we are training foreign nationals to work on our behalf. Why does anyone think that they will remain aligned and have allegiance to the United States. Vinman was a toddler when he came here. And people are like, well, he was a toddler. He was raised with American values. No. When you come from foreign immigrant parents, you are then embedded into your culture from where they derive from deeper than anything else. I'll tell you what. Greek Americans, speaking from experience, that 
are in the United States are more philoline, meaning they're more patriotic to Greece, than the Greeks themselves. Why? Because of that longing of their mother country or their history or their culture. I was in that. I was raised in a Greek community. I feel strongly about Greece's position, even though I have no allegiance to them, other than the fact that I have thousands of years of lineage history within that nation. Yet I have this sense of pride in saying, you know, I am Greek too, right? But nevertheless, the way my parents raised me was the key role. The way they raised myself and my siblings was to understand what a great thing the United States of America is. What this idea of creating a melting pot of people from around the world to come together and find this middle ground and appreciate each other's differences in order to innovate, progress, and have peace. That was the experiment. That was the notion that George Washington had when he declared our independence. That is exactly what we should be striving for. And it is now 2019, 240 somewhat years in the future from that day that we are causing more divisiveness and segregation within our own nation. For what? To eradicate the very reasons we were created. And this is done by the people we hire. It's 2019. So what if Joe Schmo that works as a manager at McDonald's, right? Uh, you know, stole a car when he was 16, right? Nevertheless, he's great at speaking Spanish. Right. He's an American. He loves America. You can see it in his social media. You can check his messages. You can hear him. You can feel it. Why is Joe Schmo not your interpreter for Mexican relations? Why are you getting a Mexican that has some links to cartels that you've trained when it comes down to it? His allegiance will fall elsewhere. Why did you pick Vinman and not another person? To be on the Ukrainian desk. I'm just saying. Why didn't you pick an American citizen that may have a heavy accent, that may have come here at the age of 15, but came here with that shining, you know, those shining lights in their eyes with their parents of how awesome America is. You can do it. We have the technology. You can see their search history. You can do a thorough investigation to vet them. It doesn't matter if their parents were involved in this, if, you know, they got drunk when they were 21, you know, or they had, you know, what, what was it? Thruples like Katie Hill. Nobody cares. What we have to care about is the core values of the person and them being bonafide there to represent the nation because nobody that has no there's you're not going to find a patriot without scars damage and mistakes because it is through those scars and mistakes that they made that they come forward and they use every single tool in their toolbox to fight for what america stands for so this is what we see with president trump he has been through everything. Those people that he used to hang with, text with, laugh with, Rosie O'Donnell, remember? How good buddies, they were great buddies, weren't they, guys? They were taking pictures, they were laughing with each other. 
Kathy Griffin, who was holding that art piece, showing, a, a you know, the head of our president, used to flock to him so she could take a picture. And look what happens now. They turn on him. They try to expose his little mistakes when these people are the most corrupt on the planet. They try to expose anything they can because they hate him so what so much. Why? Well, if you were, you know, with us and you were enjoying all these fruits of our labors taken and stolen from the American people. How dare you flip sides and support the peasants? This is basically the bottom line, guys. And now we see them taking this impeachment hoax to the next level, wanting to do public hearings. And here's what's so embarrassing. They knew we are going to be having foreign dignitaries within the United States this week. On Wednesday, when they launched this fake impeachment uh, hoax that they're pushing forward because they are hoping that they can impeach this man. They are trying to gain, regain power at any cost. We have the president of Turkey coming to the United States, meeting with the president of the United States so they can discuss how they can figure out a way to work together, how they can figure out a way to I wouldn't say solve the Middle Eastern issues, but pacify it. This is key. And then the next day, we're having the Secretary General of NATO. And while they're in our nation, all they see is these rabid people, unhinged people that for some reason got your vote, but did they really, who are attacking him embarrassing our nation on a global scale. And you have to think, what idiot voted for Schiff? What idiot voted for drunk Nancy Pelosi? Maybe they didn't. Because how many times have I said that in the intelligence community, the key thing is it's not so much being made, right? So if someone was to say, hey, I know the spook's identity. I know exactly who they are. It doesn't matter. But do you know the method of how I penetrated? Do you know the method of how I collected the information that I needed? Do you know how I operated? If you don't, I'm okay with it. I'll just write a desk or, I don't know, get out of the whole business and start over again publicly and just forget the past 20 years of my life. You know, that is the easiest ticket out. It's the method that you're not supposed to know. Well, what Millie Weaver and I received, well, Millie Weaver received it. Millie had asked me to clean uh, the documentation, see if there were any tracers, which there were, by the way, and I'll get into that after the break. And we realized, okay, that, we discovered the method. So this is something that we're going to talk about, the, the method. And it's not just in Kentucky. It's everywhere. This was another dry run. So think about it. All these idiots that are in office, that you're thinking, what insane person would take the most precious weapon, not weapon, I would say the most precious thing uh, voice they have, which is their voice, and place it in the hands of people like Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff. Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, Bernie Sanders, Blumenthal, all of these people who are public service, who are in public service, 
and have millions and millions of dollars. How do you get rich by being a public servant? Wasn't it the farmer that worked two jobs and still was the head of the school board? That worked long hours because he wanted to give back to his community and got maybe a coffee out of it. What happened to just doing that, putting in that sweat equity because you care about your, your city, your, your, your little vicinity, your community, your city, your state, and your nation? What happened? What happened was corruption. What happened was power. And it's not anything new. It's been in, in there since the day we signed the Declaration of Independence. Since that day, remember, because that was a Brexit that nobody wanted. That was the time where George Washington was insane to pull out the United States from out under the skirt of the crown and rely on themselves and not have that security blanket of of uh, the crown protecting them from enemies, uh, providing them food, tea if, in exchange for what? Taxes. That was the moment that we gained our independence. But remember, it was not the popular one. It was those peasants, because they consider you and I peasants, that spoke up and sided with George Washington. It was barely over, uh, you know, it was barely the majority that was heard. And so that, from that day on, with that 49% not wanting to get out of this, you know, organized industrial complex, that they set this in motion. And you know, the first socialist, socialist policy that was ever put forward by, was by the first socialist representative in the history of the United States that was removed from office, but successfully passed one bill, and that was Social Security. That is where it began. And, you know, they, they got rid of him, and then he came back after a few years. Just for the eyes of the people, I mean, you don't want to show that you're embracing socialism, right? You can't let them see it. You can't be blatant. But right now, in 2019, guys, what are you seeing? They are unapologetic. They are going full speed ahead. And you know, the best quote that I had ever seen from Roosevelt was this. Nobody will ever deprive the American people of the right to vote except the American people themselves. And the only way they could do this is by not voting. You know, that's funny. Because when we see election fraud, the basics, one method that we have seen, and I heard this morning um, from a report live in Lexington, Kentucky, is that when you're not present and you haven't voted, someone else might just vote for you. Hmm. Interesting, right, guys? So before we delve into all of that, now that we understand what they're doing, I want you to listen to what's going on across the pond in the Middle East because we have Turkey and Russia doing their first joint ending, their first joint patrol in northern Syria. Take a listen. The road. Turkish and Russian soldiers set off for their first patrol together in northeastern Syria on Friday. This patrol marks the next phase of an agreement the two nations reached a week ago. It's aimed at removing the YPG from Turkey's border. The first patrol activity started today. 
The battle is being carried out with eight armored vehicles, accompanied by one unmanned aerial vehicle east of Operation Peace Spring area. Four Turkish and four Russian armored vehicles traveled as far as 10 kilometers into Syria. They also drove 87 kilometers along the border, all the way to the outskirts of Kamishli. That city is excluded from the patrol zone. Well, we're here on the Turkey-Syria border. Those joint patrols taking place just across the border behind me here inside Syria. Now, Russia claims that the YPG have been withdrawn from the border area, but the situation on the ground remains complex. Those joint patrols are going to give the Turkish forces a chance to assess the situation on the ground and see whether the terms of that deal reached with Russia have indeed been met. Turkey says it reserves the right to restart a military operation if it finds the YPG hasn't withdrawn. This is just the first of a series of joint patrols between Turkey and Russia aimed at securing this border area. Okay, so this is interesting. We're going to talk about this and analyze this statement because we do have Erdogan coming on Wednesday. And I'll tell you what we're seeing because you're like Turkey and Russia working together. But Russia bombed Turkey just, you know, a couple months ago. Well, it was over a month ago for trying to enter Syria. Ha. Here's where we'll break it down after this break. I'll see you all shortly. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. Um, I'm your host, Tori. Remember, I'm always here 12 to 2, Monday through Friday, only on Red State Talk Radio. So we were discussing Turkey and Russia right before the break, because today is kind of more of a alert of how the usurpation of this government is so apparent now, you know, it can't be hidden. But here's how you see it in foreign policy, too. We have Turkey and Russia working together in what the media is telling you. Remember, how do you listen to the mainstream media and the reports? And the report that I just played for you is from the Turkish Public Broadcast Service. Obviously, it is part of the Turkish state. They're telling you they're jointly working together for Turkey's border security. Even though... It was only, I think, four to five weeks ago that when Turkey, which I told you over a year ago was going to do, tried to invade and take hold of Idlib. Remember Idlib? I've been talking about it since November 2018. That's the hot map, right? That's where the heat was. If you only listen to the news, you are able, if you listen to what you're supposed to listen not what they're telling you to listen to, you would have been able to see this coming too. Because the the past right now is proving the present and the future that is to come. So what are they doing? Are they really working together? No, they're not. They're explaining to each other in what protects their interests of what's really going on at the border. This is how you discuss things, and I'm using air quotes, Before you go to war, this is how you discuss 
territory and intentions because these discussions of showing each other here's where we are here's where we're patrolling here's what we're doing is kind of like when you're investigating something you work with the person you're investigating into to see you know where this dubious thing is kind of like election fraud it's all the same it's a method because remember, Russia has been adopted, has adopted Syria through their mutual defense agreement to provide their military as Syria's. And we have done the same, if you remember correctly, as we've been discussing for the past two months with other nations across the world. So what you see here is not a joint patrol. This is them mitigating what is going on? So while Turkey is explaining to Russia, here's what we're doing, and Russia is expressing the concerns of the Syrian government and their interests in Syria, which has been there since the 70s because they have their largest naval base in Tartus on the coast of Syria in the Mediterranean. They are trying to piece together the information they have from the so-called YPG that are supposedly terrorists, but only recognized as such by the Turkish government, and see what is really going on. What is the truth here? Hmm? So this is how you should be listening to the news when they present it to you. This is how you see what is going on. And the fact that this joint effort is happening while the president of Turkey is finally meeting with the president of the United States here. After how many years of them flirting with that idea? Many. Remember, the president declined the invitation to go to Turkey, and I wouldn't blame him. Uh, you know, that is not a safe place to be because every single terrorist released from Gitmo flies to Ankara first before they enter the Middle East. This is like fact. Every single new ISIS recruit from the United States that wanted to go fight with ISIS, where did they fly to? Turkey. They didn't take like a direct flight to Syria or anything or Yemen. They'd go to Turkey. Again, we have this hub representative, President Erdogan, coming to the United States to talk on the same day that we have the insane and who voted for these people, right? I don't know. Impeachment, this faux impeachment, uh, you know, happening. So, um, I want to talk about this Ukraine thing that set it off, but how we're going to use it is with Cuck Todd. You know how I feel about Chuck Todd. I call him Cuck Todd. He's so dumb. This guy is the worst journalist. You know, they should be held accountable because under the NDAA that Obama signed on his way out, he gave them the right to be the voice of the government. This is why they are everywhere. They have the megaphone. And they spread this misinformation. So let's break this down a little bit, because as we break this interview down, we're going to go back to his previous interview with Rand Paul that talks about the Kentucky elections. And that's where you're going to see how a lot of these people that are in office that are supposed to be representing us are not really doing their job. 
They're not even doing their homework and they're coming out to speak from their point of knowledge at the time, which is very dangerous. If you're a representative, Congress or Senate of your state, you should know every single thing that happens from every single point of view. And this is why I stress we need more people like Laura Loomer that's running for Congress because there is nothing in that state, in her, in her territory right now that's going on, on a a village, county, city, or state level that she is not aware of, including national and including foreign relations. That's exactly who should be representing you. Someone that is on it. Not someone that sits pretty in a suit and sells it to you. Someone that runs for your values. Someone that will be your voice. And I'm not saying I stumped for Rand Paul when I was in Kentucky. I love Rand Paul. But here is where you see when people get comfortable, how they can make statements without knowing the facts. So let's just start with this whole Ukraine thing, uh, which we're going to table the majority of it till tomorrow because I have some more information coming in from my sources in the Ukraine, but also my sources in Hungary. What? Hungary? Has anybody heard of Hungary? No. And tomorrow, because we're doing this election thing today, and I'm going to have some people from this uh, committee that has been put together, this group that is investigating this in Kentucky, I'm going to tell you one thing. Remember how I told you six months ago to keep your eyes on Africa? Well, here it is. All you have to do is look at, at Jack on Twitter. Look at where he's been. Why is Twitter, Square, and all these social media companies... Why are they suddenly in Africa? We'll table that, I said, till tomorrow where I'll introduce it again so many months later. Because if we listen to the news, it it depends on how you use your ears. You would be able to see this too. Now let's head off with Cuck Todd and, um, and, um, just, just listen. I, I have no words for this conversation. Listen. Welcome back to Meet the Press. Good morning, Chuck. Let me start with this. Will there be new information the public learns from these public hearings on Wednesday morning? There will be new information. I suspect most of the public has not read the release transcripts. And what they're going to hear is they are going to hear immensely patriotic, beautifully articulated, uh, articulate people telling the story of a president who, let's forget quid pro quo, quid pro Stop. Okay. I want to tell you something. First of all, this is Representative Jim Himes, right? He's on the Intelligence Committee from Connecticut. He's a Democrat. He's telling you that it's going to be beautifully put and so nicely and eloquently stated. You're just going to drip. Their their mouth is dripping of honey. But remember what I've been pushing to you guys. Remember what I said is a number one weapon of the intelligence community is definitions. You remember that? And I know a lot of you are like, yes, Tori, you've said this so many times. You've written about it. I wrote an article. It's on Loomerd and on Tori Says. I think I put it on Tori Says as well. But it was on Loomerd where I taught you some of their communications. Definitions is top of the list. And take a listen to how this gets inserted into it. Listen carefully. Quo is one of these things to muddy the works who extorted a vulnerable uh, country by holding up military aid. So yes, they are going to hear something new. And Chuck, if you'll, if you'll grant me one second here, 
uh, my head is only now uh, decombusting from the exchange you had with Rand Paul. I've, I've spent 11 years in public service defending the press. And when Senator Rand Paul comes on and says that what Donald Trump did, and the transcript is there, extorting a foreign government for his personal political gain, and that's exactly the same thing as Joe Biden, exactly the same thing as what he said, as Joe Biden saying that this prosecutor should be released, when Joe Biden is acting in consistency with American foreign policy, and back then we had a whole list of things that had to be done, and this was American foreign policy, it was European Union policy, it was IMF policy, that this prosecutor needed to go. Wait, did you guys hear that? Here's here's where it is. What have I told you? That the previous administrations have never done what President Trump has done. And what is it? His policy is America first. Where? Domestic policy, America first. Foreign policy, America first. What did he just tell you? Oh, you know, the European Union needed this prosecutor to go. Oh, you know, this country needed the prosecutor. The IMF needed the prosecutor to go. Who's the IMF, guys? Oh, it's that organization, right, that is the anti-currency of currencies. It is that organization that has its own currency, the XDR, that is, uh, that fluctuates and grows and has strength as debt of nations increase. You know, Lagarde, remember that. I've ton, I've written tons of articles through, well, uh, under my byline, let me state. Whoops, I almost slipped there. Uh, Big League Politics, Loomer, Tory says, all you have to do is go in their search bar and put IMF. They are the biggest bully on the planet because this is how they own you. So what he is saying is that the Obama administration and Joe Biden, he told you this. This is why we need to listen. They made the decision to back up the expulsion of this prosecutor because everybody else wanted it too. So it's kind of like, well, my friend doesn't like you, so I'm not liking you too. No, that shouldn't be their policy. It should be America first. Was it in our interest? Was it in your interest? You sitting in your truck right now, driving across the nation as you listen to Tory says on your airwaves or through your headphones, right? Um, is it you that benefited from expelling this prosecutor? No, it wasn't. So this is how you know who shouldn't have your vote. When Rand Paul says that that's exactly the same thing as the president of the United States saying, you need to find dirt on my political opponent. And with all due respect, uh, Chuck, when you say, well, do two wrongs make a right? Let's be very clear. The president of the United States demanding, extorting a vulnerable country to do his political yeah. bidding, to go after his opponent... Wait a minute. First of all, this investigation in the Ukraine, according to Yovanovitch's testimony, had started in 2018. Remember, Joe Biden did not throw his hat in the race until April 2019. How are you listening to the news? They're telling you we're not going to call it quid pro quo. Want to make a bet on how they're going to call it? Extortion. They're going to call it blackmail. Oh, wait. I feel like I'm repeating my show from September, right? Because we talked about this. Quid pro Joe held our votes, our voices in his hands blackmailing, you drop this to help my son. You know, they don't tell you how Quid Pro Joe and John Kerry were contacted by the Burisma owner who was under investigation by the United Kingdom for money laundering $35 million. This was a setup. 
he reached out to them. Of course, if you're money laundering $35 million, you got to have a Rolodex, right? You got to have people in your phone that are some, you know, power. And it was so funny on the timing, right? Because the minute he spoke with John Kerry and Joe Biden, his son gets offered a job. You should see my article on Tory Says about quid pro Joe. That is how it happened. And all of this is through documentation throughout Europe because they were being pursued for money laundering. This is insane. And they fulfilled the need we needed for nuclear energy to eradicate Iran. Guys, this is so intricate. It's so hard for people to wrap around. So what's simple is listen to what they're telling you. They're telling you, oh, what Joe did was like, no, but what Trump did is he's investigating. He's a political opponent. Uh, No, he didn't because Joe Biden wasn't even in the race in November of 2018 when we were investigating criminal actions of people that had that were empowered to be in that country and operating on your behalf with your vote. They violated their oath of office, period. That is a crime. They committed treason and they meddled but listen to what he's going to tell you is how you should see it has nothing to do with joe biden executing the foreign policy of the united states or hillary clinton who is a private citizen doing opposition research on her on her presidential opponent those are radically different things and what the president right. did is wrong and impeachable let me ask you something you just said you think the words quid pro quo uh, shouldn't be used anymore I, i'm it's a lot of your own colleagues that have been using it as part of this debate. Do you feel as if that, that, that that word just doesn't penetrate the seriousness with what happened? Yep. So time traveling Tory told you this. See, this is how they do it. Remember how Lindsey Graham was out on TV and they said, oh, do you think that we need a secondary special counsel now that you mention it? And then suddenly, you know, they write a letter asking for a second special counsel. Well, this is it. We're not going to call it quid pro quo. You're going to see Schiff give you that new definition. We're going to see that roll out. Extortion, blackmail, you know, because we should just be giving money to people without ensuring the corruption is present. We should just be like, here's a blank check. Yeah, we're just giving it to you, even though you haven't provided us assurances. But yeah, it's, it's, it's all about investigating my political opponent in 2018 when he wasn't even a registered political opponent. But you know, details. Well, I have two problems with quid pro quo. Number one, when you're trying to persuade the American people of something that is really pretty simple, which is that the president acted criminally and extorted in the way a mob boss would extort somebody, a a vulnerable foreign country, it's probably best not to use Latin words to explain it. But the other thing I object to is that this was where the... Yeah, don't use Latin words. Americans are stupid. Republicans went. Extortion doesn't Mm -hmm. require a you give me this and I'll... Oh, wait a minute. Extortion doesn't require. Uh huh. Here's the key words. This is where you have to listen carefully. I'll give you that kind of quid pro quo. Mm -hmm. It simply requires using your muscle to get something uh, that you don't have a a right to. So look, and by the way, of course, the, the crowning absurdity here is now that they're all pretty much admitting because... Ambassador Sondland has um, uh, refreshed his recollection. They're all basically admitting there was a quid pro quo, but gosh, it wasn't that bad. It was exactly the same thing as Joe Biden or Hillary Clinton. So, look, we got to get off this quid pro quo. 
Okay, it was not exactly the same thing. Joe Biden did it because he got paid millions and shared profits with the Burisma owner for getting him out of that bind with the UK. And then his son got it. We're talking 16.5 million plus. And then we have the illegal arms. I mean, this military industrial complex really needs money to run. This is a well-oiled, established machine. What you're seeing now is the cockroaches running as the lights go on. This is what they want you to think is happening when it's not. They're going to call it extortion when it's not. He had every right to refrain from giving aid to someone that cannot show you where this is going. The quo thing, because uh, it's complicated. They've already attested to yeah. the fact that it occurred. And what we're dealing with here is corruption, abuse of power in a way that damaged American national security. Are you at all concerned that the, the, if there's one missing piece of the story, it is you don't have yet a first-hand witness of the president directing Mulvaney and the OMB to put this hold on here. Obviously, that's a closed circle. Of You haven't been able to talk to people in that circle yet. How important is it for you to have any sort of first-hand witness in that circle uh, before you vote out articles of impeachment? Well, that, that's a really good question. And I think what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks is that the president's defense that you heard last week, which is all of these people had secondhand knowledge, that's going to crumble. Lieutenant Colonel Vindman was on the call that he had uh, with the Ukrainian president. The guy that just got kicked off of the National Security Council for allegiance to another nation. Let's not refer to the tra- the traitor that we knew was coming. So let me skip forward from that rubbish because it's going to take up our time. I want to get to Nick Mulvaney because this is how they signal. We've got an insurance policy on you, dude, and we're coming for you. You either speak up or we're going to drop it. Because, again, no one has their, um, you know, no one is clean Ever. They've done something wrong and they weaponize it against you. Uh, The thing is, you hold your nose high and you're like, shut up. This isn't how it works. Because I'll tell you what, there are so many patriots out there um, that I will be talking about in uh, the next hour, too, that have had their lives destroyed, kind of like the general, General Flynn. Why? Because they took on the deep state, the cabal, this conglomerate, this mafia that we have that is not localized to the United States only, but it is a global um, epidemic that we see. And this is exactly what JFK warned, that they want to enslave every man, woman, and child on the face of this earth. This is a real war, and uh, this election fraud in Kentucky... God bless whoever that whistleblower was provided us their method that is applied across the nation. And we saw it in Texas, too. And so I'll just skip away. I won't even play the clip of this guy because it's important that we listen to Rand Paul quickly um, and understand how, um, you know, someone who is your uh Senator that has half information or not agreeing tells you the narrative and beats to that drum and it makes you wonder, A, is this totally because you don't have the knowledge or B, because you're complacent? So I want you to take a listen to Senator Rand Paul um, on um, Todd's show. Take a listen. Matt Bevin, do you see his loss as something bigger than Matt Bevin? Uh, uh, about the Republican Party as a whole? 
Well, when you look at all the races, there were six statewide races. We won five out of six. Republicans won five out of six. We did lose the governor's race. We were disappointed in it. But the interesting thing is, is we beat a lot of other candidates that no one expected us to. So actually, in many ways, there was sort of a red wave in Kentucky. I think it was mostly particularly about one race. Mm -hmm. And I think the teachers were very unhappy. He tried to fix the pension. Okay, stop one second right there. So he said it was a red wave. Are you sure that every single Democrat is corrupt? Because they're not all corrupt. Let's be honest. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, I'm going to run so that I can commit treason, that I can usurp the government, that I can overthrow the government or cause harm to the citizens that are electing me to vote. Nobody does that, right? There are a few that are groomed to do that. But nobody does that. So did we really have a red wave in Kentucky? Did we steal the election from an honest Democrat and get a Republican up there because the governor was the prize? Because this is a commonwealth and the governor has special powers in a commonwealth and he can draw districts up and we can change electoral votes that the state gives. He can initiate certain proceedings. Uh huh. And, you know, as a governor, you can also impeach or recall or start investigations on all those other five posts that were awarded to Republicans in the state of Kentucky. People need to understand what is at stake here. And the fact that he said, well, you know, we won these and we didn't win that one shows complacency or two misinformation, not knowing everything. And that really hurts when he says things like this, because it's like, how do I see the bigger picture? Because we saw them do it in Pennsylvania in the Commonwealth there and you can't and you're sitting in D.C. and you're representing the voices of Kentuckians. So when you don't know the facts, you keep your mouth shut and you don't give an opinion. And I love Rand Paul because he doesn't always agree with everything that one narrative goes. He does what he was elected to do and that's represent the voices of the people that he represents. But right now it's those people that are asking him to answer these questions correctly. What are you doing, Rand Paul? Why did you say this, Rand Paul? Have you seen the facts? I've reached out to his office. I sent out information. I sent him Everything the whistleblower sent me in the same exact format that the whistleblower sent me without, you know, the link to corrupt the file when linked to the Internet. So I scrubbed it and I sent it. What is he doing? Listen. But got crossways with the teachers and I think the teachers anger came out. But I think he was trying to do the right thing, which is save the pension for the teachers. But it's tough when you ask people to pay more to keep their pension in place. People get unhappy. No, it's not people. It's amalgamated bank. Remember, amalgamated bank is the piggy bank for the Democrats. We expose this. This is going to be the new BCCI. I'm really hoping that Attorney General Barr, his financial crimes division, is delving into BCCI. We had them have loans that never were called for in 2011. They were caught by the FDIC doing it. I guarantee you we have a repeat right here. And if it's teachers unions that did it, you better believe it. Amalgamated Bank was behind it. And this is the problem. Besides, the whistleblower also gave us evidence that they were fixing union elections that were going to be held on November 13th that were already completed on November 8th. More on that right after the break. We'll have someone from Kentucky, from this organization that has been put together by citizens to investigate the election fraud. See you all in a bit.
Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. As always, Monday through Friday, 12 to 2 Eastern Time on Red State Talk Radio. Now, many of you have reached out, and I know a lot of you take your lunchtime, uh, you know, in our central standard time zone at 12, so you always hop on for the last hour and wait for this podcast upload. Uh, so this is why in the second hour I thought we could talk about the Kentucky election fraud, something that we've been talking about for over a year, how we can mitigate, how we can anticipate, um, you know, and things that I've been writing about for a very, very long time. Uh, in regards to these operations and how, uh, it, they're so intricate and so, um, what would someone call it? Uh, I would say arcane. Uh, they don't really let us see the process. And then when you ask for information on how the process is, uh, you're told it's a pro- it's proprietary, yet it should be transparent. Regardless, what we saw in Kentucky, and uh, like we said in the, uh, last hour, People are saying, well, this was a red wave. What is the problem? When the prize was the governor's seat. They keep saying it's the teachers and the unions and he's trying to safeguard their pension because why? We've already discussed amalgamated bank and how they've been under investigation again and again and they hold all the pension funds for almost every single union in the United States and Canada. And how they've been lending money and they pride themselves on that term that they've coined, which is political investing. The fact that they are embedded with the Democracy Alliance that has all of these nefarious looking uh, non-profits. And so we have here this explosive evidence that had dropped into Millie Weaver. And if you're not following her, it's at Millie Weaver, millennialmillie.com. And you see her on InfoWars. She had gotten a, a few links that a lot of other people got around the nation. Um, and we just so happen to be on the phone when she saw it. And we were able to obtain that and sit down and analyze it, which drew a very odd picture of what's going on. But instead of talking about the whistleblower evidence itself, it's important to understand what the citizens of Kentucky who have complained themselves. I've gotten many messages. Other reporters have gotten messages. I know for a fact the reporters in the state of Kentucky that I knew when I was a student in the, at the University of Kentucky have received numerous reports of people complaining, and yet they won't touch it with a 10-foot pole, which makes it even more intriguing. So the citizens of Kentucky realizing something's wrong, something's up. Why won't they touch this? Why won't they discuss this? How is the Secretary of State, Ms. Grimes, announcing and calling it for Andy Brashear when the counties, if you look on their pages, haven't even officially called it? Very interesting things. So as the citizens gather together, they get people, great minds, great investigators from across the nation to come together and figure out what's going on. Not only from their complaints that they've submitted at the AG's website, which, by the way, so many citizens have reached out to me saying, I don't want to put it on the attorney general site because they might come after me. That'll put a target on my back. I don't want to be a political prisoner. And I'm like, uh. What? This is going to be documented. You can't trust anyone. This is the message that they're saying. This is how afraid they are. Even I was someone this morning, right before the show, got in touch with me that is a county clerk. 
and asked me not to mention their name. And that county clerk told me that the machines were being tampered with, the machines, that the person that was assigned by Harp Enterprises to oversee these machines did not allow anyone to touch them or put ballots because they had to be done in a certain way. And what they thought was kind of an OCD thing was very suspicious. And they want to report this, but they're afraid to. So um, I am going to talk about that later. But for now, what I want to do is introduce the executive director of the Citizens for Election Integrity in Kentucky, Erica Callahan. She actually, this morning, uh, had sent out information about this announcement that they were going to make to the local press in Kentucky, where many people, you know, didn't even bother to attend, possibly because the emails didn't reach them, from what we understand, but also... If you actually listen to the live stream interview that Millie Weaver put on, it was almost as if they were attacking citizens that were asking questions. And when you're in your nation where you're a shareholder and your voice is that share, your voice is that ballot, and someone is questioning why you're asking questions, it makes you even more curious what are they hiding. And so... I would like um, uh, for all of you to go to Millie Weaver's Twitter feed, and I'm pretty sure she's going to put it up on YouTube later, and just watch the questions that Mrs. Callahan was asked during this interview. Um, but in the meantime, uh, Ms. Callahan, thank you so much for coming on to the Tory Says Show. Uh, Thanks I for have, having me, Tori. Yeah, I have a lot of listeners right now bombarding me with messages with so many questions and saying thank you and happy Veterans Day because they noticed in the uh, interview that we had veterans there, uh, someone from the Air Force <laughs> too. Right. Uh, so thank you. So uh, tell everyone how this was put together and, and tell everyone how, you know, you can't define when you're going to have your press conference with evidence because some people are out of state and, you know, you need to right. have all the facts. So please introduce yourself, your committee and what you guys are doing. Sure. I'm Erica Callahan, Executive Director of Citizens for Election Integrity. We're a group that has formed very recently once we started learning of a lot of the um, election and voter fraud claims that were being made. Uh, it was alarming, frankly, and the, the lack of attention being given to it, with the exception of a, a few groups like yours that have done amazing investigative work, um, no one was talking about it, including the attorney general's office, the attorney general's office who supposedly has a hotline where you can call in. And what we're wondering is, you know, Kentucky revised statute requires him to investigate those claims. So is, is, is he actually doing that as, as our attorney, the citizen's attorney, is he following up? Uh, where are the subpoenas? Where is the evidence showing that he's actually looking into these claims? Uh, yeah, I went to his website and I saw that there were um, a, a lot of claims that have been put on there on the website, 137. And I, right. I am more, I'm, I'm comfortable in saying this because I've, uh, my head has become so foggy. I pretty much have memorized all these documents. But I noticed that in <laughs> Laurel, in Laurel County, where they have like 58,000 people that are registered, um, so right. and they expected like a 30% turnout, so that means 40%. Let's say that actually turned out according to like the majority 
that would mean 25,000 people would be there. That county, from right. the documentation from the whistleblower, showed that they received 120 pounds worth of absentee ballots, which would be way right. over the amount of absentee ballots that a small area like that would have. But I also noticed that people had put in complaints for the election machine and the election official. So um, right. tell everyone, like, uh, how you guys are, like, kind of garnering. I know, um, you know, we're a hundred percent, you know, whatever connections we can make wrong or right, they may be, we will provide because we need a lot of minds looking at this because it's so scattered just on the whistleblower evidence, but also the people like what kind of complaints did you hear from average people? Like I heard you say that a a student had a ballot signed and they weren't even in the state. Exactly. Um, yeah, he, somebody actually signed for him. And what's interesting is the fact that, you know, all this goes, all the, where you sign before you vote is alphabetical. So his parents' names, his other family member names all surrounded his. So this isn't just a case of, oh, well, somebody accidentally signed on his name or on his line. No, they signed his name, which was wedged between the rest of his family's names and then apparently voted. And when they were approached about it, they said, oh, well, yeah, no, he, he came in this morning, showed us his ID. The mom said, no, he couldn't have. He's in Florida. So we have signed sworn statements from both of them telling the facts and what happened. We'd love to get interviews with them uh, that we can we can show. But again, this is all coming together very quickly. Um, I'm in Lexington. She's in Louisville and he's often thousand miles away. So trying to get all of these these folks together to to share their stories is is the next goal. And that's what we're hoping to do for a a pretty big press conference coming up here. so, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of situations like that. We have to ask ourselves in Menifee County, how were there 1,896 total ballots cast, yet there was 2,116 votes for the governor's race? How does that work? And that's happening in several counties. Anderson County has similar numbers, where we have a certain number of ballots cast and then a higher number voting specifically in the governor's race. Um, I, and this is all available. This is what citizens need to do. Go to your local, um, your elections, your board of elections website. All the numbers are posted there. Look at the numbers for yourself. Do they make sense? Are there more people voting in the governor's race than there are voters? Uh, if that's the case, then you need to start raising some red flags in your communities and drawing attention to this. And I agree a hundred percent because I saw that in the 2018 elections in North Dakota that some races had more votes, some didn't, but you know, no one's going to contest it because Republicans came out. And this is the kind of narrative I'm seeing. I'm like, well, what if those Republicans that won, like the new AG or whatever it may be on the other five races weren't really supposed to win? What if it was a Democrat? This is about our voice being heard. And if yeah, they wanted this is a, not de- a party issue, right? And if they wanted a Democrat, to win, then so be it and make sure that you go to the ballot box the next time around. I mean, everyone should be on board with this transparency. And what I see in Fayette County, because I know this firsthand that, and I realized it in 2016 and now revisited it again, that, you know, we have a lot of uh, a big immigrant population there, you know, um, illegal uh-huh. immigrants, you know, that are students because we have the College of Medicine where I went, you know, we have the College of Dentistry industry, pharmacy, you know, it's a leading university that attracts students from around the world and foreigners to work there. 
that was the one with the highest turnout for Brashear. And Brashear is... Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's, record. Yeah. Record numbers. And I'm thinking if if my husband was ticked off as a Democrat and eligible to vote, how many other people were too? And, and right. right. If, if they, well, I mean, if there's, there's 47% voter turnout in Fayette County on a non-presidential election year, which is record turnout, but yet there wasn't a single line that I have heard of anywhere. I just did a quick informal survey, but a lot of people chimed in with a lot of contacts in Fayette County, and nobody, not a single person, waited in line anywhere to vote. That that raises questions. There's just so many questions, and for us to not just take a big pause here and recognize that the attorney general needs to step up and do his job um, is foolish. We we can't certify an election when there's this many questions. And, you know, I remember the presidential elections of 2008 where I voted mm-hmm. and I had taken yep. my children and my husband, my husband, who's I a foreigner. Yeah. So that mm-hmm. he can see how American elections done, because I had observed elections in the United Kingdom. And I was like, you should come right. along. You know, you're new to this country. He was just in there with his new alien resident card for just weeks. And I was like, come and observe. And when I went there and they picked my name and ticked it, his name was on there. And the lady was like, sir, you can go over there. He's like, I, uh, yeah, that's awesome. I get to vote. And I was like, no, you don't. Don't you dare yeah, vote. Exactly. You know, and I didn't really, you know, think of it. I was thinking, no, no, no. Right. You know, maybe there's another Barry Lindemann, which, by the way, there is one in Lexington. Right. So I didn't even think of it because they actually work for the university. That's how I knew that. So, okay. you know, so I didn't really think much of it. And I kind of like mm, dubious, but whatever. Right. Uh, when, in fact, they had registered him just a couple weeks yeah. ago when he got his Lexington, you know, uh, he was working for Lextrans, the bus operators for Lexington, Kentucky. Okay. So he was registered, you know, with his license and his CDL, right? So I, I didn't make that connection. That blows my mind. And during the presidential elections, um, there were lines, um, but not oh, so totally. big. I took... I. I have three. I have three all the same age. And I took them as little tiny ones. And we waited in line for over an hour. And the numbers were higher. I will give them that. But they weren't that much higher. The percentages were not that much higher. And I waited for an hour. I went in to vote last week. And I didn't wait. I walked in, talked to my friends who worked there and voted. That was it. And what's interesting is I have seen on those voter rolls that I've signed every year, someone that I know is a felon and their name has appeared there every single time, which they legally should not be voting. Right. And I know that in the midterms, that's what I was getting at. The presidential ones, there was a wait. I think I waited like 30 minutes, maybe 45, um, because I got there early because, you know, I had you know, classes. So I was like one of those bushy eyed tailed people because I had to drop the kids off. Uh, but the, right. the thing is in the presidential elections, there was a wait, but I had done a midterm there, right? It was yeah. a 2009. And I'm like, I didn't even have to wait. And I called all my friends right. because, you know, I'm still in contact with friends from UK. And I'm like, did you guys have to wait? They're like, no, we like literally walked in. It was dead. And I'm thinking, yep, this is Fayette County. I found too. Right. Veterans Everybody Park I know in School. Fayette County, they all chimed in and were cheering on the fact that they didn't have to wait. Yes, that's good news, but that doesn't indicate high voter turnout. Right. And, you know, the school, oh, gosh, I forgot the name of it, that feeds into all, you know, the doctors in Lexington. Uh, it's right by the University of Kentucky. Um, that one was dead. 
And you're like, what? That's yeah. where we have the most aggregated amount of people, right. you know, right off of Nicholasville right. Road where it's packed. And yep. then Veterans Park was dead, too. They were swatting flies. They had nothing to do. Mm-hmm. And you're like, so how did they get all these people to vote? And for me, uh, what I want to know is how come they had so many absentee ballots in Laurel County? 120 pounds worth. Yeah. 120 right. pounds worth, which if you do the math, comes out to like 2,000 absentee ballots on top of the ones they already had. So I've are they... heard a lot of questions right. arise right. specifically around absentee ballots and how they were handled and boxes of them. And um, yeah, there, there's a lot of questions. Right, but that there. would mean that. Over 10% of the people in Laurel County were absentee ballots? I'm confused. Right. Um, and, and does right. that show on uh, the website? No. So if it was an absentee ballot, was it then moved around with scripts that seemed to have been running from what I saw into a regular ballot? That was what was interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, right. tell everyone like um, what you guys are thinking. I know it's to pool in people and I was so upset uh, watching the mainstream media, the local media, literally say, well then why did you call us here? And what do you mean you don't know when you're going to do a press conference? For some reason, right. you're supposed to have these people appear from around the country uh, right there. Well, exactly. For them. And I mean, and honestly, I'm a teacher I'm a mom. Um, <laughs> this is this is my this is my my side gig right now that literally just started a few days ago. So we're not an organized um, an organized group yet. This is a brand new thing. We're just kind of basically drinking from a fire hose as we get all this information. So yeah, the the smarmy tone with which they you know tried to indicate that we were somehow inexperienced. Well, yeah, we are. We're just average citizens trying to figure out what the heck happened to our election. So, um, yeah, um, we, I, we have an email address that if folks have voting irregularities that they'd like to submit, um, I highly encourage you to go to the attorney general's hotline and call them in there. Um, and I don't have that number in front of me right now. My email address or our email address at Citizens for Election Integrity is CFEI1776 at gmail.com. Um, feel free to, to send in, you know, your, your stories of voter irregularities there. If you're willing to, to talk to the, the media, let us know and share them, share them online. I mean, I think social media is what we have to be using right now because it's tough to get this all out there. It's tough to get the media to be interested in this story. So everybody listening, if you have a story, share it, share it far and wide. Um, and when you get on your local, um, Websites for your, um, I'm sorry, for your counties, for your counties. Yeah, Yeah, for your county, for your election. um, Make sure that you find out. Look at those numbers. Do they make sense? I mean, you can go and you can look at Menifee County and you can look at Anderson County and you can say these don't make sense. These numbers are just completely illogical. Screenshot, share, screenshot, share. Just keep flooding it. Post it on your uh, media websites on, on Facebook. Post it on their pages. We just need to keep putting it out there until somebody takes it seriously enough that if the attorney general's office isn't going to do something, somebody will. We need an independent investigator. We need something, and we need it fast. 
Yeah, I agree. We need an external investigator. And I wanted to say on the voting irregularities, guys, Millie Weaver and myself, when we were going through it, we saw that they had calculated that 1,244,000, about so many people were going to turn up based on mid-year elections. Now, based on that, they knew how many, if they were cheating, they knew how many fractional votes they needed to move and how many absentee ballots they needed to meet. But here's what really turned out. It turned out that 1,400,000 and 55,000 and, and some change, 100 change, uh, turned up. So that means that people who actually wanted to make their voice count really came out. Plus, even if you add the 175,000, and that's what killed it for them. Because I think that uh-huh. people are becoming more aware ever since the president elect, uh, presidential elections of 2016 that they came out and they voted in the droves, that they're doing the same on every single election because they want their voice to be heard. And just just like Franklin Roosevelt said, nobody will ever deprive the American people of the right to vote except for the American people who themselves and the uh, uh, themselves. You're the only one that can deprive yourself of vote by not voting. Right. And so I think they've right. realized that, you know, and it could be that the people that don't like President Trump came out as well that weren't expected to come out. Um, because Scott, sure. Scott Adams, who has a show on Red State, actually sat on committees in, in, in Pennsylvania overseeing and what they do is they have like these um, lists where they put voters in and how, how how likely are they to vote based on their record, medium outcome likely or doesn't show up ever. And I think it's those doesn't show up ever that they pounce, they pounce on. And maybe this young man right. was one of them. Maybe my husband who was purged and then re-put back on because the attorney general worked with me, Miss Callahan. He worked with mm-hmm. me to remove myself and my husband off the voter roll. Hmm. I checked in 2018. We had been removed. So, right. Well, yeah, it was the Secretary of State who put them all back, or who, who fought to put them all back on. Right, but there is a document out there that was notarized in the state of North Dakota that we signed saying remove us because my husband was up for review for his uh, 10-year, you know, um, immigration status, you know, for the alien residency card. I didn't want okay. anything. You know, those immigrants out there that are here legally, any of them in Kentucky right now on that voter roll that ever go for naturalization, they'll be stuck and paying thousands of dollars and wait until they see if someone voted in their name. And if someone did, right. you know, how do you prove it's not me? How do you right. prove I didn't vote twice unless you can physically well, prove this, it? This, this, student, this student that we're talking about from the local student that's a thousand miles away, someone signed and they had a box check that they showed ID. What is that? How's this happening? Who's checking this? Exactly. And, and you know, I hated the antagonistic position. It's as if the mainstream media doesn't want the facts out there. They don't want to right. talk about it. I reached out to journalists that I knew from when I was in college there. And, mm-hmm. you know, I can't even mention their names, but they said we were told we're not allowed to touch this. We can't. Interesting. Well, and the we thing can't. was today they were, you know, there was a little antagonism going on there. And I think it's because I... We're calling them out too. Why aren't you guys looking into this? I'm a citizen. This is, this is not, this shouldn't be my job. I shouldn't need to have a FOIA request out there. This is on you guys. Do your flipping job. The media, the AG, research this stuff. Why do I have to raise a ruckus? Why do I have to call a press conference to get attention on this? Um, this isn't, this, 
this shouldn't be the way it is, but unfortunately, this is where we are. I agree. Um, I agree. So. I heard that comment, and I'm going to play it for my um, listeners once you get off the phone with me, so that way you can go do what you need to do. And there are so many people out there right now listening to you across the planet right now. We have people in Australia, Spain, Brazil, even Russia. Everybody hates Russia, Canada, and throughout, <laughs> hey, hey. yeah, and throughout the United States right now, um, guys. The email is C for Charlie, F for Foxtrot, E for Echo, I for India, 1776 at gmail.com. I will be tweeting it out as well. And I will have an article running on loomer.com to talk about the antagonistic position because it was incredible to see that gentleman say, what have you done, mainstream media, to investigate this? Your job as a local mm-hmm. journalist is to look after what we think is news and report it and investigate. Why are there people across the, you know, outside of Kentucky investigating this and you're not? That is the question. And here's where we see the media is weaponized against us. Any final um, statements you want to put out? Because I'm going to tell them what an amazing team this seems to be um, after, you know, I let you get back to doing this. Well, I just we appreciate everything you've done. We appreciate all the support that we're getting. Um, Just. We are a small group of, of parents, of citizens who, you know, still have families that we're trying to get dinner on the table for. And I still had kids I'm trying to get to practices today. And I mean, it's, it, we've, we've still got our life going on and we're kind of trying to take a pause to deal with this because it's so critical, especially on Veterans Day. We think of the millions of people who died to secure this right for us. And if we don't take it seriously, then what do we have left and what's to become of our nation? So I just encourage everyone. If you have stories, email them to me. Um, but the best thing you can do is to get out and share them on social media. Contact Kentucky Media. Be all over them with every story that you find until they decide to cover this. Contact the Attorney General's office. Call his hotline. You can Google it. There's a phone number there. Call with your stories, actual real stories of concerns. Um, that's, that will be the biggest help to us. We just need to get a buzz going. We just need people to understand how very important this is and how, you know, if, if, if folks are, if folks are manipulating our elections, um, I, they've, they've done it in Texas. I've seen some pretty hardy evidence of how it was done there. And, um, I think we're just the next training ground before the big election next year. I think this is rehearsal. And, um, so I think it's happening on the small scale. I think it's happening on a very large scale. So um, it, there's a lot of a lot of fingers in the pot here, and anything your listeners can do to get attention on this, um, keep it kind, keep it clean, um, keep it respectful, but but get some eyes on this. Share it with your friends, share it with your neighbors, make your posts public, tag the Attorney General's Office of Kentucky, whatever you have to do, just get word out that this has to be investigated yesterday. And you know what? I agree. I think yesterday when I spoke with someone from your team, your investigative team, I found that link too. Uh, and this is what, how I found, you know, it's always about the method. How are they getting this done? Mm-hmm. Like, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. And the clues that we got That's from Texas. That's a lot Texas, of what we hope to reveal coming right, up here. Right. And what the clues we found in Texas, um, kind of, 
indicate more what happened through Kentucky with ownership, access, yep. communications of network systems, and possibly what, uh, you know, in the cyber community is called a CI is not a criminal informant, but you can name it that because it's actually called an, a cluster interconnector, guys. And that is kind of like a piggyback node that connects two network systems and you can't detect it unless you've implemented it. So, Right. Everyone, um, I will be tweeting all that information out. And if you don't feel comfortable going to the attorney general site, you can email Ms. Callahan. You can email the, um, uh, center for election integrity at CFEI 1776 at Gmail or feel free to contact me or Millie. We will never reveal your identity. Um, journalistic right. integrity is above all, you know, the, the, the thing that I stand by. Your identity will not Excellent. be revealed and we will pass on your story and only if needed when we're going through, you know, criminal proceedings, because this is a crime. This is the worst thing ever. Uh, to you and the rest of your team, uh, you know, anything anybody can do, you guys have me at your disposal, um, for whatever Thank sense you, I've made out of it. Yeah. And, and elections aren't my thing. Like I don't know what machines are, but I have been doing this for three years advocating to fix the DMV problem. And right. Right. You know, so I, we appreciate it. Hey, this is a lot of this is new to me too. Like I said, I'm a teacher. I'm a mom. Um, so this is, uh, again, I'm drinking from a fire hose here. I've gotten so much information the last two days. My head's going to explode. Um, it's just, it's trying to get everything done as quickly as possible, getting eyes on this as quickly as possible. And I think that's where your listeners can really help. It's just draw attention, draw attention to Kentucky and what's happened here. Share your stories, share those ridiculous, those ridiculous numbers from the, um, the, uh, the pages in, in these different counties. Go and look at them. Go and, go and physically look at these pages and these numbers because they're just, they don't make any sense. And why isn't anybody investigating this? I don't understand. Yeah, well, math isn't something that people like to do, I guess. Facts are, you know, thrown out the window. And this is kind of a going theme. And it's, and, and it's really sad. Um, so, uh, thank you. I know you're busy. Um, so I thank you very, very much for your time being on sure. the Tory Sess show. I will be reporting everything you guys are doing to my listeners who are very interested in hearing this. And if the whistleblower is listening, we will not reveal your identity. Um, obviously, since I cleaned up the documents. I may, you know, be able to determine never because whistleblower that was from within, you know, will never be revealed because this was right. very brave. And this is one of the biggest targets because it's not just about Kentucky guys. This was a dry run. This was a dry run for 2020 because they have no candidate worthy of a vote. Because people are now, you know, even the Democrat side are now thinking, wait a minute, am I really going to put this person up there? They don't even know what state they're in when they're talking. So this is the level of candidates they have. So this is very important. Mm -hmm. Again, um, thank you so much for being on the Tory Sess Show. Sure. And it's it's the Kentucky State Board of Elections website. Go there. Start looking at some of their numbers. That's where I want everybody to go. Look at their numbers. Screenshot. A screenshot Anderson County, screenshot, I think it's McGoffin County. Look at their numbers. They don't make sense. Get those out there. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And Thanks, I look Corey. forward to keeping everyone updated. And everyone, you can help because we're the news now. Apparently, the mainstream yeah. media doesn't want to hear from us. Thank you so much. I, I Thank really you, appreciate have a, you. Have a great day. Thank you. We you appreciate too. you. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Okay, guys. So that was kind of uh, pretty awesome, right? I want for I want to play for you uh, the the Periscope that Millie Weaver did because yesterday um, I spoke with their team and we're going to get into Kansas. You know, and we're going to get into something really odd that I didn't even think of. I mean, what is what are the odds that the whistleblower drops these links? I mean, God works in mysterious ways. You guys, what are the odds that someone like me who knows how to filter through these had their hands on it and has been voicing concerns about this stuff for years? And what are the odds that they're going to add the wrong person back on the voter roll, right? What are the odds? They're very slim. They're very, very slim um, to kind of draw the attention, to kind of bring this up in discussion. Very slim. And you have to wonder, you know, when people say it's the plan, what is it? And I want you to know. We've said this before. How many political prisoners do we have? How many people within offices do we have or citizens that are persecuted for fighting for good? And on their team, they have one of the most respected for me people that not only tried to reveal what Planned Parenthood was doing, but was punished for it. And I'll talk about it after we listen to their press conference. But what I want you to focus on is the attacks they got from the media. Take a listen. 15.243, which I have right here, says the attorney general shall investigate and issue subpoenas. The question is, how many subpoenas have been issued? How many witnesses have been contacted? How many calls has the Attorney General's office returned to more than 130 voting citizens? We're counting on the Attorney General as our attorney to do his job. So we, the citizens of Kentucky, in search of free and fair elections, call on him to release the information. We need to be assured that these claims of fraud are being investigated. We want to unite, but in order to do this, We need to know what our attorney has done for us, the voters of Kentucky. We are in contact with an attorney who's submitting an open records request on our behalf. We shouldn't need to do this. We hope the attorney general will do the right thing and complete a full investigation into these claims and keep the citizens of Kentucky informed. No one wants an election process they can't trust. This issue has no party. This issue affects all of us. In the meantime, we have questions. How did a Kentucky college student, 1,000 miles away on election day, have a signature appear on his voting record in Kentucky that same day? No one would commit felony voting fraud for a single vote. How many more are there? We're going to have more specifics for you tomorrow, and we hope you'll stay tuned. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry, what evidence do you have? Well, um, the evidence at this point is up to the Attorney General's office. We've gotten calls, emails, texts. His hotline has over 130 complaints right now. So what we're wondering is, what is he doing with the evidence? There's plenty out there. Is he investigating it? Is anybody looking into this? Is he planning on releasing the, the evidence tomorrow? The Attorney General's office? I have no idea, but I sure hope so. We deserve it, don't we? If we want free and fair elections, don't we deserve to know what's going on? Don't we deserve to know if he's even looking into these charges? That's why we're here. Can you give us any other information as to what other evidence there might be? 
tomorrow we can give you some specifics. Right now we're kind of working with some attorneys to see, you know, what's what what should come out and what shouldn't. I tell you what, though, the attorney general's office has a lot of specifics. So if you want evidence, uh, ask it, ask him. Ask. Him. So you see, they're working with attorneys to see what they can release that me and Millie had too. You know, because you got to be careful. Um, you know, I'm going to be working with them in regards to this matter to analyze the data because it's identical to what happened in 2018. And I'll tell you what, in 2018, you guys, when the elections happened, the uh, election board uh, director of uh, Texas said that 82 counties uh, were victim of fractional voting or votes flipping and made that announcement. And the secretary of state uh, of Texas, I think his name was like Ronaldo or something, whatever. I, I, I don't have it in front of me, you guys, because for some reason my system on that end has frozen, but. He was resigned. I love that word. Scott Adams hates it. A lot of people hate it. It's a made up word. And I literally put that in my email to, um, Chuck Grassley's whistleblower, <laughs> um, uh, you know, uh, inbox. That means the adult way of fired. Within weeks of him coming out saying, this is misinformation, this is lies, he was fired. And so, um, you know, I thought I'd have time today to talk about Mitt Romney. I hope I do. But I want you guys to listen to the press. And I want you to listen to citizens making their voices heard. Guys, we are the news. And Kansas is leading this, and I'll, and I'll tell you a little bit later how. Um, I know we only have about, you know, 18 minutes left, but we'll get it all out there because you need to know this. When we say Kansas is key, no place like home, this is where you can see it. Ask him when he's going to release it. When is he going to do his job? He's our attorney. We need him to do his job. Can you tell us a little bit about your group, the makeup of it, why it works? We're newly formed. We're newly formed because we heard all the charges just like everybody else. We've heard all the allegations just like everybody else. We've heard complaints. We've heard that, you know, there's record turnout, yet I haven't talked to a single person in Fayette County that waited in line anywhere to vote despite record turnout. Things just don't add up. So as voters, we just want to know what's going on. We just want to know, is anyone looking into any of this? And um, every day, more and more come to my inbox. So as a result of that, we start, we form Citizens for Election Integrity um, because this is a, an issue that should unite us. This is something we can all agree on, Republican, Democrat, Independent, Libertarian, whatever you are, you should be able to agree that free and fair elections are a bedrock principle of our nation. And without that, what do we have? If people can't trust the system, what do we have? Uh, your press release says that you will be discussing known evidence of voter fraud. What is that evidence? I'm well, sorry, I keep having to harp on it because I just can't go off your word. I right. need evidence. Absolutely. Ideally, yes, we would be able to talk about it today. Unfortunately, we cannot. I know that we do have sworn statements from folks of voter fraud, and uh, we hope to have them here today, but this is all developing very quickly. You know who has evidence? The Attorney General's office. Can they release that to us? Concern with with each uh, race on the ticket, or primarily the governor's race. Our concern is for free and fair elections. Period. We want the whole thing. If there's fraud, if there's allegations of fraud, we want them all investigated so that we know that our vote counts. That it? Besides, uh, I think you said accounts from people and everything. What what? Uh, I, I have I have to go back to this. What is the concrete evidence? Stay tuned. Well, you holding a press conference today. Yep. 
we can we can hold another one tomorrow if you'd like. Um, but it, I think it would I think it would be um, incumbent upon us to make sure we have uh, we have the folks here who can tell their stories. So um, upon being able to secure them, we can do that. We do have affidavits, signed sworn statements, so we've got plenty of evidence. And tomorrow we can give that to you. It's kind of a surprise to me. I see Lexington 18 here. That Lexington 18 doesn't have any evidence. I mean, I've seen on Facebook a complaint by a couple in Florida about their name appearing in Kentucky and on election day on the same day. I'm very surprised that Lex 18 doesn't appear to know any of this. Or to collaborate or corroborate what we are saying by virtue of your own investigation. So let me turn the tables on you and ask you, what investigation have you done of alleged fraud in this election? Thank you. How much do I love this guy? He said, all right, you're saying you don't have evidence. You have people from the state of Florida on your own Facebook page that have made rounds saying they were registered there. They were supposedly voting in Kentucky. Tell me, let me turn the tables on you, mainstream media, Lex18. What investigation have you done into this? And listen to their answer. I'm not holding a press conference, though you are, so the burden of of proof is on you. Certainly. Yep, the burden of proof is on you. We just take orders. We don't investigate. Like I said, I know most of these people that work there, and I reached out to them. They told me they're not allowed to report on it. They told me they can't look into leads. This is going to be a hot mic moment that someone's going to find at some point, just like James O'Keefe did, you know, where it's like they buried the story. I had the evidence. I had the proof, but they buried it, you know. This is going to be another such thing. Remember, I said, if they buried the story of Jeffrey Epstein, what else do they bury? Because, you know, I said, hey, I'm willing to give you all this whistleblower stuff. You want it? They're like, don't send it to me. Don't send it to me. We're not allowed to look into it. You don't want it compromised. I knew I wasn't going to send it to them. I wasn't even going to send it to the Kentucky detective that called me. I said, dude, we can't even trust our FBI. I'm going to trust you. Who's asking me, hey, how'd you get your hands on the voting machine? It's like, come on, man. I get it's your job to try to ask me if I'm reporting a crime on myself. But come on, just do your homework. Like, look, I'm a journalist. I expose these things. Do your homework. I've been talking about this since 2016. 16 putting Kentucky out on the open. It's not like I just decided to do it, but wait till you hear how I'm a bot and how people on the internet are all bots. Listen to this. Um, so that's why I'm just here. I just want I to hear your that. evidence. I, I want to see that. it. Yep. I appreciate that. And tomorrow we should be able to have all of that for you. Um, what I did address already is the fact that there is a Kentucky college student that um, has signed his name to vote, even though he was a thousand miles away. Um, how is this happening? You don't have to go far to find these complaints. You. I know the sounds a little bit low. Would not have to go far to find these accounts, and certainly the attorney general's office. It's buffering, guys. Has to open I want you to hear the bot comment. Is your evidence coming from social media accounts, from bot accounts? From bot accounts. From bot accounts. Well, as I said, it's texts, it's emails, it's messages, it's phone calls, it's personal stories. It's coming from everywhere. The same people that are sending stories to the attorney general's office and getting no response are the same people contacting us, are the same people posting on social media. There's a story out there, and I hope somebody's going to go out and get it.
can I ask you a question? Um, if you talk to different people in, in um, national security, they'll tell you that there are many wars being waged around the world. How are those wars being waged? She said, this is the Air Force chicken. Thank you for your service. She said, if you speak to anyone in national security, they'll tell you that many wars are being waged around the world. How are those wars uh, being waged? Do you know? Do you know? There are wars being waged around the cyber. And I think you all need to keep that in mind, that a lot of things that we all have to keep in mind aren't things that are going to show up like this, that, that there's, it's going to take a little time. And I think our attorney general has a, has a big uh, responsibility in this day and age to make sure that there are clean audit trails, that things are buttoned up tightly because these, these days wars are waged behind a computer screen. Well, yes, they are. I would like to add that Lexington 18 has also an investigative duty to come up with its analysis of the many allegations of voter fraud that have shown up all over social media. They've shown up Matt Bevan on this evening of the election. Guys, this guy, I love him. He's in a Steelers outfit. Okay, he's a big Steelers fan coming from another Commonwealth state. And he's calling him to the carpet. He's like, you're the local media. Lex 18, you have a duty to investigate this and do an analysis. You're supposed to be our local news. What are you doing? You have to do this. You can't just sit there and say this. And you know what? I'm going to tell you what. Andy Brashear has two options. He actually upholds his duty as the attorney for all those constituents in the state of Kentucky to be honest and then say, you know what, guys, I wasn't really supposed to win. And you know what? That Republican that won this seat wasn't supposed to win. It was this Democrat. I want it to be honest. Here's where you call him to the carpet, because the more they try to push it under the rug, the more every single citizen across the nation. And let me not say across the planet as just individuals that love to dig stuff up, um, you know, will find. Like I said, for me, the smoking gun is that how are they going to audit this when if they put in the information in the county clerk's office, they have access to that information. The private company that has been awarded the exclusivity for running these elections, how are they going to be impartial? We need a third party investigator that will sign an NDA that will be allowed to see their proprietary technology and analyze this. You know, you think in Texas during the 2018 elections that election fraud isn't real. Fifty six thousand people were indicted for election fraud in the state of Texas. This dry run was like, let's give them some bones by putting the people we want in the other position and give them that win, but take the most important seat, which is governor. That way we can target it and figure it out. But they got caught. Do you know why they got caught? Because of the movement that President Trump has made. And that means that every single citizen that believes in America first, that believes that their vote counts, because this is what President Trump puts out, actually turned up. And they didn't expect it. And that's how they were exposed, because people actually turned up. So 
where people weren't supposed to turn up and they added all these fake votes in there and all these random extra people, 175,000 reinstated. Unfortunately, they didn't account for the Trump movement. They didn't account for the fact that the silent majority has come out to the polls. You would have thought that with Hillary's failure, with her fractional voting, that they would have seen that people came out in record numbers in 2016. And the record numbers were not Democrat voters. They were Republican voters. They were people that wanted President Donald J. Trump to be president. Impeach that if you may. Because the rest of the votes, so close to call, were probably not even real votes. So listen to how these citizens are holding them accountable. I love this guy. You know, I really wish I could be down there, but I can't, you know. Like um Miss Callahan said, she's a teacher, which is great. So then she understands, you know, how important it is. And I thought the teachers hated the governor. But the thing is, it's not about the governor's race. It's about all of them. Maybe the Republicans that were placed to be the new attorney general wasn't supposed to be there. Maybe the other races, they weren't supposed to be there, but they were just provided so that they could say, well, you won five out of six, kind of like Rand Paul said. And naughty, naughty, Rand Paul, you should never speak and let Cuck Todd put you up against the wall and make you say things when you don't have all the facts. We have to be careful. And you know, I love you, Mr. I love Rand Paul. I do. And I don't agree with everything he says or does, but I actually love him. I stomp from my email. My work email always has updates from his office. Um, and, you know, there was a Democrat congressman. Chandler loved him, too. He was a Democrat, but I loved him because he was all about the United States of America. But he was railroaded. You know, the Democrats don't like people that believe in the foundations of this nation. So if you're a Democrat or Republican and you, uh, no matter how you identify, let's go. Let's take that snowflake card. Um, if you believe in the foundations of this nation, you have no business, according to this cabal, this mafia that is out to take power to speak of it. Now, before I play a little bit, a uh, little bit more of this, I want to talk about Kansas for a second. So I'll, I'll take you back in time uh, to when I already had my second child and I was far, far away from the United States. And I was listening and following news of this amazing attorney general, amazing from Kansas, tackling Planned Parenthood, tackling it like nobody's business. Man, this guy went to, I was like, he's a hero. He gets it. He gets it. Guess what? They railroaded this guy. They destroyed this guy. They ruined his life. (laughs) Seems like the regular pattern, right? They called him anything you want under the book. Everybody that goes against their evil, nefarious, orchestrated plans to control every facet of your life will destroy you. You will be called a criminal. You will be called a fraudster. Oh my gosh, I sound like Alex Jones, <laughs> right? But that's the truth. I'm victim of it too. Everybody is victim of it. You know, you're all bots talking about this. This man, his name is Phil Klein. He appealed. He they they did him dirty in the Supreme Court, and yet he is always leading the way. Kansas is always the way, and you know. 
there is an article, and I've been dying to find it, where Matt Whitaker had actually referred to him like as a mentor. And I'm like, yo, this is it. We got Pompeo coming out of there. And speaking with Scott Adams, there was um, another senator uh, from there who was railroaded, Chris Kobach, who actually pushed for election integrity, again, from Kansas. He wanted to ensure that there was election integrity. He pushed, guys, he pushed this voter thing. He completely pushed it. Um, he researched voter fraud claims. We have no idea. I had no idea how Dorothy's home, where she clicked her heels, had so much to do with it. There is no place like home. These people are leading the fight from Kansas. You must trust everything that comes out of Kansas right now because they are leading the fight against corruption, against a very nefarious group of people. And you know what? What we need to remember is what JFK um, kind of told us, um, you know, about our vote, but also what Ronald Reagan said when he talked about a time for choosing. Take a listen. Understandably impatient, but he said there aren't many left who care what happens to her. I'd like her to know I care. This is a man who said to his 19-year-old son, there is no foundation like the rock of honesty and fairness. And when you begin to build your life on that rock, with the cement of the faith in God that you have, then you have a real start. This is not a man who could carelessly send other people's sons to war. And that is the issue of this campaign that makes all the other problems I've discussed academic, unless we realize we're in a war that must be won. Those who would trade our freedom for the soup kitchen of the welfare state have told us they have a utopian solution of peace without victory. They call their policy accommodation. And they say if we'll only avoid any direct confrontation with the enemy, he'll forget his evil ways and learn to love us. All who oppose them are indicted as warmongers. They say we offer simple answers to complex problems. Well, perhaps there is a simple answer. Not an easy answer, but simple. If you and I have the courage to tell our elected officials that we want our national policy based on what we know in our hearts is morally right, we cannot buy our security, our freedom from the threat of the bomb by committing an immorality so great as saying to a billion human beings now enslaved behind the Iron Curtain, give up your dreams of freedom because to save our own skins, we're willing to make a deal with your slave masters. Well, you know, we can apply this to the socialists right now. This is what's happening. Are you willing to sacrifice the only thing you have, which is your vote, for the sake of accommodation? That's the bottom line. And look at the people that are trying to take it away from you, you guys. That's all you have to do is look at the people. Listen to how they respond when you question their integrity. Cited these irregularities himself. But I don't see anything on Lex 18 that talks about investigating as you, the press, should be doing on behalf of the citizen. You have special I'm sorry, privileges. if he's going to speak, can he speak into the microphone? Otherwise, it does no good for me. Oh, that's right. Okay. Well, so you're, you're going to have to, you just have to stand closer to her, otherwise it does. Okay. Do you guys have anything yeah. else? So, you all say there's a lot of irregularities with this right. election, and there was 
about 130 calls into that hotline. At least. That Why was as of a few days ago. Just a year ago, there were 500 calls into the hotline, and there's less than half. Were those investigated? That's what I'd like to know. If this problem is a rampant problem, why has nothing been done? How long has it been Attorney General? Why are we doing nothing about this? Why do we hear nothing about this? Did you all voice concerns last year when there was that large amount of calls? Anytime. Well, we didn't have this group at that point, so we couldn't, as a whole, have have voiced concern. If I saw it, I would say something about it. Has your organization been in communication with the governor or his office at all about this voter fraud? Well, I know that they've seen stuff because I posted it on my Facebook page. So um, I have folks that I know in the governor's office, so I'm quite certain they've seen what I posted. So I've had several people as a journalist myself reach out to me and say that, you know, they haven't lived in Kentucky for eight years or 12 years, and they're finding that they are registered and have been put back on the voter rolls, some being put back on as Democrat when they're Republicans. Do you know, like, what's the best way that they can contact your organization so they can figure out a way to get themselves removed from the rolls or become active? Yes. Um, I encourage anybody with a fraud complaint or suspected voter fraud to contact the Attorney General hotline. So we're out of time, believe it or not. I will be tweeting this out and uploading this as fast as possible. From all of us here at Red State, I want to wish you a great evening and God bless and stay tuned because we're all over this. Real news, only on Red State Talk Radio.